Hello and welcome to another episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. And I am your host, Chantel Dyson, a single life confidence coach, helping women to embrace their single life, to get confident and to make new friends. And on this week's episode, we are delving into one of the regular topics that comes up here and there throughout the podcast. But I know that it's one of the things that so many of you want to be able to do. And we are headed into the realm of solo trips. Now, there are plenty of other podcast episodes on solo trips. If you are a long-time listener of this podcast, could you just do me a favor and make sure that you've given this a rating, that you've hit subscribe or follow on the relevant platforms. And if you want to go that little step further, screenshot that you're listening to this episode and share it to Instagram, give me a tag in it, then I know that you're having a little listen and it will keep spreading the word of the Single Girls Guide to Life to help even more single women find this absolutely free resource. As I mentioned already, we have plenty of episodes on solo trips in general, but today I wanted to talk about an experience that I've had recently with regards to the type of accommodation that you could stay in. So I'm going to do a little bit of a brief overview on accommodation, but specifically I want to talk about staying in hostels. Now this is something that I'm going to help you to work out as part of the Single Girls Guide to Solo Trips. It is a new plan a document that I am putting together that will allow you to plan your next solo trip. And it's going to go into all of the different aspects, deciding on your motivation for going, thinking about where you want to go and why, what your budget is and how to plan around that, ways to save money, to cut costs, and to make sure that you have the solo trip that you can enjoy and not be worried about going on. That way, if you work through the booklet, you'll have a complete plan, not only in practical sense, but in the mindset sense of making sure that you are ready to own your single trip. I will put a link in the description if you want to grab that and be one of the very first to have the solo trip planning girl, the single girl's guide to solo trips, which will take you through a step-by-step process to get sorted with your next solo adventure. Hostels, however, are one of the accommodation choices that you have. Now, before we get right onto hostels, let's just talk about accommodation in general. There are three elements to choosing your accommodation, budget, location, and quality. And each of these different things matters a different amount depending on the trip you're doing. If you're doing absolutely everything on a budget, then budget is going to be one of the most important things. And maybe you're going to compromise the budget and where you stay exactly for location. So rather than being in the center of town, you might accept being a little bit further on the outskirts and you're going to have to walk a little bit because that's how you're going to save your money. But then if the location is the priority and you want to be slap bang in the middle of somewhere or it's somewhere quite remote, then budget is going to be less of an option to you because of the premium you pay for being in a convenience area or the premium you pay because it's so in the middle of anywhere. But obviously an Airbnb can kind of fit some of both of those. And the other thing is then the quality. For example, a hostel is going to be a shared space in most cases. So you're going to compromise on the actual living space and the quality that you have, though some of the shared areas can be really nice or nice enough at least, versus some four or five star hotel, which is going to obviously have a higher luxury in that sense. Or self-accommodation. Some Airbnbs are spenny. Some Airbnbs are expensive because they're so well looked after. They're really nice and put together. And it all depends on what you're doing. Now, chances are, if you're considering a hostel, you're probably trying to keep your budget down 
And location-wise, you probably want to be somewhere convenient so that you can explore wherever you are. And quality-wise, it's kind of a mid-range. You know you're probably going to have to share some facilities and you don't mind that as long as it's comfortable enough, gives you a bed and a pillow, somewhere safe enough to stay where you feel all right. So let's move on to the topic of hostels themselves. Hostels are fantastic because of how cheap they are. Hostels are dotted around the country. They're also available in various different countries and they are the hotspot option, generally speaking, for people that are traveling. They want to be able to go to different countries and they want to be able to do it on a budget. So hostels offer a cheaper option to stay in than hotels and B&Bs, whilst also giving you the element of having a chance to chat to new people because there are so many people traveling on their own staying in these places. They're from all over the world and they know that part of the process is to talk to people and therefore the whole idea of you being completely on your own and never speaking to anyone whilst you're away on your trip is heavily reduced when you spend time in a hostel. There are different kinds of hostels. There are different types of hostel rooms that you can stay in and it's also really important to make sure you find the right hostel for you. But this is a way sometimes to get yourself in the middle of a city centre for really cheap, with people that are going to support you with exploring the city in ways to stay safe and to do it all without breaking the bank, which is one of the most difficult things when we're single because I was privileged enough to have a full-time job a year ago and to have steady income coming in and it was well paid. Teaching's a good job and I could put things in and save and put it away. I've had to cut costs a little bit where my wage has gone down, where I've started to do this full-time And I understand that even when I did have a wage coming in, I'd still try and do things as best I could for slightly cheaper. Who doesn't love to save a little bit of money? But the one thing that I hadn't tried ever technically on my own, but I know that we definitely did a school trip where we stayed in a hostel, but that was different. We would have been 15, 16, and it was very, very different to doing a hostel trip on your own or as an adult and not in a big group of like 50, 60 children. So this was the first time... I had ever gone to a hostel. And I knew that this was a big unknown for me, which I know is what a lot of you will be thinking and feeling. You'll be going, I'm going away on my own for the first time. And then this is another step to be in an environment I'm not familiar with. I might be more familiar with a hotel and the routines. So the cost might be worth it for the sense of comfort, familiarity, and the safety that I'll feel as a result of that. So I had to scale back because I have a plan. I have a trip booked already to Milan and that involves staying in a hostel. And I thought this is going to be interesting because that's a new city and a new style of accommodation. So I'm going to need to do some things in between to get myself ready. Now I have, as you've heard, already been on many solo trips. I've stayed in accommodation that is quirky and wonderful like yurts, geodomes and tree houses and they come with a cost. But I can do those things. I can be in remote locations, be on my own, fend for myself and explore. I've also been in hotels and Airbnbs, actually, for that matter. So a slightly different price bracket. But again, you're independent. You're in a space. So self-accommodation on the one hand and then within a hotel room on the other. Something, again, that we could probably adapt to very easily. But a hostel was quite a big unknown to me. And I knew I had to do something to make sure that I was going to be comfortable going on this trip, which still hasn't happened and is to come. But now I feel more comfortable about the hostel situation. Now, in some hostels, you do have the option of staying on your own. There are different 
dormitory sizes and there are different genders for those dormitories within certain hostels. You will need to do your research on the place you want to go and the potentials you have for hostels. They will all be slightly different. Some have no single occupancy rooms. They don't exist. Some are purely dormitory only and that might not be something that you're comfortable with, particularly for first time. Because once you're in a hostel and you're chatting to people, you could say, oh, you've got a dorm room, have you? Would you mind if I just see it? I've never stayed in a hostel. I'm here for the first time or I've never stayed in a dormitory hostel because of safety. You don't want to give away that you're completely naive to everything. But I'd love to see what it looks like in a dorm and how it works. Now, I, for my first hostel trip, which I conveniently tied up with staying in London, essentially it was the days of the rail strikes that were meant to happen. They eventually got cancelled because of the Queen's passing. But in anticipation of having difficulties with the trains, I thought, oh, you know what? I'll use this as an opportunity to stay in a hostel because I'm actually in an area I know really well in London and I will stay in a hostel. So I went on an app and I booked a hostel and I made my first big mistake. I had not really read the reviews well enough. And after booking or at least putting the deposit down, I realized that this was not sounding like the most safe hostel I could go to. Where it was situated was, I think, within a pub, actually. And I realized I made a terrible mistake. Now, luckily, this is all low cost. And the booking platform that I used allowed me to cancel and get my refund back. You. I then found another one that seemed much more safe. It seemed like the right age group that as a woman, I wasn't going to get targeted in any way. So I booked that one instead and felt a lot more confident. So there was my first lesson. And it's my lesson to you is to read the reviews before you book it. I don't know what I was looking at before. I guess I was looking at location and the room set up. Maybe it did have single occupancy and I didn't think to check, is this a safe place for me to go? So make sure you do that anyway. Once I'd then booked my other one, I put a small deposit down for it and it was in a room, a dormitory room for eight. And that was in four bunk beds. So you were entitled to either the top bunk or bottom bunk and you would just be allocated that. And you had a kind of drawer space that sat underneath the bottom bunk and you could put a lock on that if you brought a padlock with you. But mostly, other than I think valuables, I didn't use that at all because I just kept my backpack on my bed with me and it was with me the whole time for this event that I was going to. But people's suitcases were just to the side. You could have put a little padlock on them there, I guess, if you didn't want people stealing your clothes. Ultimately, though, I just don't think people are there to steal your clothes. If they're going to try and take anything, then it's going to be your bigger stuff. So you either keep that on you or you put it in the really sensible safe. And I think lockers are available in some of them as well. As I say, each hostel has its own different systems and you want to try different things out. For me, having Wi-Fi was important. I would have thought it's a pretty standard given now to have Wi-Fi in a lot of these places because people travel and work at the same time. But what was fascinating about these places was the community element was just naturally there. They had some sort of, I would say, sofa room area. It was like a lounge, I guess. It wasn't like your typical, this is my lounge. It wasn't like that. It was, you know, sitting, chatting, maybe having your laptop out with a book. But in addition to that, they also had the bar downstairs, which people were sat down. And in this particular place, you could order food at it. It was simple stuff like pizzas, but it was there. And then that led out into a garden area as well, which is where I spent some time with a couple of the girls that were in my room that I happened to find. So I was staying in an eight room dormitory and it was female only. 
that gave me the comfortability to just understand what this whole thing was like. And you can go at the pace that you want to go at. And a lot of you, I would think, would opt for, where possible, a female-only dorm. There were, within the place, also female-only bathrooms, which was just directly opposite my room, which was fab. So it's this element of choosing the thing that's right for you and, and the options that you've got. This little place was beautiful. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'd happily go again. And the cost was an absolute bargain. For two nights, it was. It was £40 in total. I mean, that's insane. That's London. North West London. It, ridiculous. And so it was a no-brainer, especially where I was like, oh, well, that saves me the train journey back to Chelmsford and, and back across, and the time that it gave me back as well. I would do it in a heartbeat again. But it is also making sure that you've got your wits about you because you are talking to strangers and a lot of them, and you want to only give away a little bit of what's going on. But hostels are a really great option for keeping the cost down. So if you can get past this idea that they have to be scary and that they have to be a problem and that they're dingy and awful, then they can literally give you the freedom to go traveling more on a budget, even if you don't have hundreds and hundreds of pounds. So this is what I would recommend if you are nervous about trying out a hostel and you know you want to take a trip maybe abroad or maybe just quite far away and you're thinking, well, the way I'm going to be able to actually do that is by staying in a hostel, then you do it locally first. I literally went back to a place I knew very well. By pure convenience, it meant I was near the event, but I chose to be in that neighbourhood because I knew everywhere around it. I knew safe places, eating places. I knew the area and that if anything happened to me, I could walk out of that hostel and I could get myself to the tube very quickly, etc. I felt confidence in that. And so this kind of slightly new experience of going into an unknown space, which was a gorgeous building in the end, might I add, but that was taken away. So I would encourage you to find your local town or city and start researching if there is a hostel nearby and just to book one night in it. And you might even begin, if it's got the option, with a one bed dorm. So it is just you in your room. You will pay more for that. It's still not lows. It's still not getting on for hotel prices. It is cheaper, probably because it doesn't have an ensuite bathroom. And so this depends on how much you like to use showers. I hate showers on a good day. I'm a bath person. So that means that I can skip a day and be okay. If you're going to use shared spaces, then obviously check the reviews and make sure that they seem okay. And then as per any shared space, like when I go to the gym, I put flip-flops on when I'm walking around a space like that, just for hygiene's sake. But again, if you want an ensuite space, you're going to find less hostels have them, but some do. So you've got these different options that can give you some sense of comfortability whilst you navigate this idea that there are tens, if not hundreds of people in a block space that you don't know, but you're sharing some spaces with and just getting used to the communal aspect of it. It kind of reminds me, though, of university in the way that you're given a room and you're sharing the kitchen. And in this case, if you go for a eight person, 12 person, 16, 20 person dorm, then obviously you're going to be sharing with people directly for sleeping. But chances are you're not actually spending a lot of time in your room. Hopefully you've got enough things planned and you'll be going down into the communal spaces to enjoy your time there. If you see the bedroom as the place that you just sleep, then that's so much easier than freaking out and thinking, oh, I'm going to be around all these people that I don't really know all the time. Hostels are 
there for people to do cheaply. No one wants to be unsafe in that environment. It's why they still have female-only dorms or mixed dorms. I don't know if so many have male-only dorms, but I guess they exist. I didn't tend to look it up, funnily enough, but chances are they do. No one wants to be unsafe in those places and no hostel wants the reputation of being unsafe either. They want to be able to have communal places where people get to meet, can travel, can stop off and feel confident in doing that. But to build your own confidence, start small, choose the option that suits you best and choose something that you know the area for and literally make the task to make sure that one, you arrive and that two, you feel comfortable and get used to the idea of what being in a hostel means. And after that, you kind of scale it a little bit. Now, I went straight in with going into an eight-person dorm, and that won't have suited everybody. I spoke to only two of the people there. I only spoke to two of the people in that dorm, and that was one that I happened to go down the road to Wagamama's with, and we picked up a takeaway for her and the other girl that I'd spoken to in my room as well. We brought it back and sat and had it in the communal area. I had already eaten, so I didn't pick up a big meal, but I knew the area and I was able to show this lovely girl from America where to get food and just showed her the road. And then we brought it back and the other girl that we were sat with was, I believe, from Germany. So it's just this idea that everyone's from everywhere. Everyone's just wants a little bit of help, wants a bit of showing around and you chat. After that, I was so busy with the event that I didn't actually get to see those girls much again. I also had a bit of a disaster when I was there. And it just goes to show that even when you're on your own, you can still sort things out. So when I was there, I had a terrible earache. I'd had it the week before, but it had gone away. But it was starting to come back and it had come back on the first day of the event. So I'd already stayed at the hostel for one night. Then by the second night, as I went to bed, it was getting worse. And I thought I was also running a temperature It might have just been that the room was warm. It wasn't the really hot period of time. We're talking September here. So it wasn't like temperatures were really hot. But again, eight people in a room. I knew it had been hot during the really hot period. So I guess that was that. But I was concerned. And I did actually end up going to what was A&E. I would not have gone to something so serious. But when I called or did the whole 111 process, they did tell me to go and see a doctor sooner rather than later. I'm in the middle of nowhere. My doctor is not available. You can't get readily available doctors or out of hours here. And I also hopefully didn't want to miss the event because I wanted to see Steve about it so much. And I was like, I cannot miss this. So I did leave it initially, but then it kept getting worse. So I did head to A&E, got myself an Uber there. It was about 11 o'clock midnight, I think, when I got there. And I sat and I got seen only to be told that there was nothing wrong with my ear, but he gave me something to put in it to ease some of it. And it has now cleared up, but there was an issue getting back. Uh, It was about 2 a.m., 3 a.m. by the time that I'd been seen because I wasn't a big priority, which I completely understood. I sat and just chilled, really. But I could not get a taxi for love nor money. Honestly, any taxi company or app that I tried, I realised it was 3 a.m., but I just thought, having lived in London for university, I was pretty used to just always being able to get anywhere. And a, a, a taxi was readily available. Well, It wasn't that day. And I was like, I am in my pyjamas because I hadn't got changed. I'd put a hoodie on or a jumper. I just got out of bed, put my shoes on and gone. I was like, oh God, what am I going to do here? Now, luckily, thanks to London being the way it is, there is a transport system that means that you can access it. And thank goodness, it's little things like that of being always prepared. So I had my phone on me. I knew it was very well charged. And I made sure that I didn't sit for too long on it in the in a unit, but I also had my charger on me. My biggest backup at that point when I was thinking, where am I going to go? Was that I'm going to go sit back in A&E 
and just going to have to wait until a taxi becomes available because they're clearly not around. But having had experience of London and my phone being well charged, I was like, okay, let's see what Google Maps has to say. And with a quick check, there were some night buses running too, but it wasn't too bad. I half knew the route because I was familiar with the area. Again, this gave me some confidence. Now, in preparation, therefore, if you're ever going to go on a trip to a new place, this goes for any trip, not just a trip that you're staying in a hostel, but you, one, need to make sure that your phone is always a resource you have. Now, I had my charger. I didn't have a battery pack. And I would suggest that maybe you do just in case it's not as straightforward. So always have a, just a charged battery pack in your backpack and whatever you're taking with you with the cable. Don't forget the cable so that you can charge your phone. It is your in case of emergency for nearly everything. Now, if your phone gets stolen, different story, you're going to have to work around that. But in general, your phone's going to stay with you and in your hand for the majority of time for anything because it's such a reliance that you have. The other thing would be is to always be savvy about what options you have. I know London well, obviously from the UK. I know how to access different taxi apps, bus apps, and so on. If you're going to go to a very new place, particularly a different country, make sure that you've got stuff written down and easily accessible to you because you've got a language barrier probably. So you need to know your taxi numbers, hotel numbers. And obviously there's that added level of safety that we're always worried about, particularly with being on our own and then doing something that isn't planned. So have some sort of plan for wherever you go, particularly if there's an emergency. Now, I don't tell that story to scare you. I tell that story so that you can know that you can work things out. And not everything will go to plan. I would say that's the first time that I have had something that hasn't gone right that is, you know, problematic. When I went to Norfolk and stayed in a year, I failed to acknowledge that I was near a beach and would probably want a towel and swimming costume. That's just a minor error. I went and bought them. Problem solved. A little problem, but problem solved. This one, slightly bigger. Obviously, I just sacked off the whole budget thing and got myself a taxi to A&E. It didn't bother me in that sense. So having, if you can, funds available to make sure you can facilitate yourself is another way to stay safe on any trip. But it is possible to manage. And the girl that I'd shown where the food was, she said, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I've got a head in. Like, it's not serious. But I'm concerned that if it's going to get worse, that it's not going to be sorted out. If it's going to get worse, then I'm going to have to skip the event. And I really would like this to get sorted out now rather than wake up in the morning, it still be there and then have to start using those hours up. Instead, I went in the middle of the night. It got sorted. I got in at three and I did skip the start of the event knowing that Stephen Bartlett was on later. And it turned out I literally missed none of it. Maybe the first half hour of the first speaker, something like that. And it made it a bit hard to get a seat, but it was fine. You do these things because you have to. And I figured at that point that my health was more important. If things did lead to a thing that I had to miss Stephen Bartlett, I would. Or if he was the only one that I went to see, I'd be gutted about missing the rest of the speakers. But ultimately, if I could, I'd have tried to be there. You know, if you're ill, you are ill. And sometimes you do need to just stop. So I came back and had a lot more sleep and laid in longer than I intended to just so that I could make sure I had recouped and could actually enjoy the day and then go from there. All in all, though... Hostels are a really brilliant experience. I will now, I won't just consider it. I will probably have it as a half default to check and think, okay, what do I want from this experience? And this is what the guide goes through. It gets you to think about what is it I want from the experience? Am I on a tight budget or am I looking for part of my experience to be this quirky accommodation? Obviously, that was a phase I was going through initially. I wanted to go to these cute little places. I also went to a shepherd's hut. You know, I wanted to experience different environments and not just be in a hotel room. It wasn't actually about the place I was in, the location per se. It was the accommodation. 
But if that's not the experience I'm looking for and I am looking to explore a city, then why would I not use a hostel for the cost of it? Hotels are more luxurious. I do not have the funds to keep going to hotels to explore cities. I'm going to have to come up with different ways. And I like talking to people. I like listening to other people. And I have no intention of keeping those people as friends. And that's not in a harsh way. They're people that I've met as part of that trip and touched base with and had some company with. And hey, if I really did click with someone and it seemed feasible to stay in touch, then potentially you could. But for the brief touch points that I had, particularly on this trip, for example, that wasn't the kind of the right thing. It wasn't the suitable thing to do. Though I could have suggested it. Hey, what's your number? What's your Facebook, Instagram? Anything like that. It'd be great to see what you get up to. It wasn't the case in this way, but it does solve that element of being worried about being on your own at night time. Because in this case, you could have just gone down to the bar, the lounge, the outdoor area. You could have brought food in, ordered food, and you would just say to someone sat on their own or a couple of people, would you mind if I sit with you? Everyone's very encouraging and welcoming. And I like that kind of environment. As I said, it's so important to check the reviews, unlike what I did initially, but to make sure that that is the environment. Look at what people are saying about how friendly it is how they like the accommodation, and obviously check the cleanliness and the experience of the communal areas. But you're looking for places that fit what you're looking for, and that's probably not being on your own the whole time. Let me know what you think about staying in a hostel, if this inspires you to get booked with a hostel and to try it out for the first time, if it's alleviated some of the worries that you have about trying a hostel. A hostel doesn't have to be scary, it can be a really good budget option for you to make your solo trip. And if you want help in planning your solo trip, then you can order the Single Girls Guide to Solo Trip to help you step by step in the process of planning and deciding on the solo trip you want to do. Until next time, everybody, keep celebrating single life together.